morning. Hello. I'm Chris. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Ashford Vineyard. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning, for trusting us with your Sunday morning. I'm here this morning to follow up on the next step in our series, where we're exploring the miracles of Jesus. And as we believe God is calling us as Ashford Vineyard, as a church, into something new. So we're breaking new ground and we're putting the focus into what it looks like for us to bring life to people in a, in a different way. As we see the opportunities to put in front of us to share the awesome, life-giving, life-changing news of what we know and who we carry inside us. And part of that is the launch of Healing on the Streets a couple of weeks ago, which is... Basically, every fortnight we're going to be out in Ashford Town Centre by the fountain at the bottom of the high street by Sports Direct. And with six wooden chairs, you can see over there a big five metre high banner that says healing. And we're going to be offering prayer for people, for them to come and be healed and to experience Jesus and God's love for them. We would love for as many people as possible to come and join us, come and see what's going on. If you know anyone that needs healing, of course you can pray for them outside of that as well. But come along down to the high street and God's going to be there. God's presence will be there with us. And we know that lives are going to be changed. If you want to know more, then Trisha's probably gone home now, I think. But she's your lady. You can contact her at hotsashwoodvineyard.org and she'll tell you more. But we're going to be down there next Saturday from, I think it's 10.30 till 1. And yeah, please feel free to come along, see what it's about, see what goes on and ask any questions you want to. And all of this follows on from the challenge that we feel God has given us as a church, that Nick spoke about this a few weeks ago, where we asked what it would look like if everyone that was involved in AV Sundays were to see one person in their life give their yes to Jesus for the first time, and five people healed because they prayed for them before the end of the year. Now this is something we don't want to be a burden for you, or something that we want to kind of weigh you down or be worried about. We just want for you to be encouraged that this is something that you can join in with because everybody gets to play. And so we would love for this to, to, to move, to disperse through all of our gathering groups, through our compassion projects, that we go into those with the same expectations of God showing up as you might do when you come here on a Sunday or meet together in your circle. And as Laura so beautifully put it last week, I'd get the podcast, she spoke really well. We want fear, along with all the other things holding us back, to go and do one. And for us all to be encouraged to take a risk, be bold, and step up into what God is calling us into. We want you to be able to go away thinking, I could give that a go. That's something I believe I can do, that I can step up to. Because we know that all of us who've said our yes to Jesus carry the same authority that he did. As we look for how, what that looks like and how to do that, we think the best person's example to follow is that of Jesus himself. And that's why we're spending the next couple of months looking at his miracles, looking at his life story, what he did, how he changed people's lives as he encountered them, as he just went on his way. And in it, in it, We're going to be looking at his life story across the four Gospels which are in the New Testament about two-thirds of the way through the Bible. We're going to be looking at how he changed lives. Because he tells his disciples that he's given them authority. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. 
He sends out 12 disciples and then 72, giving them that authority and that instruction to go and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse people from leprosy, drive out demons, because freely you have received, so freely give. And that same message is meant for us. What we see Jesus doing is showing us what God can do and telling us to now go and do likewise in that as he commissions us to do that as well. So we share the good news with people in our lives, not just in this building or by the fountain on Saturday morning, but we carry that same authority everywhere. At the school gate, in the office, in the supermarket, to our neighbours as we're in our streets. We want you to be aware of that, to realise that, that you carry that authority. That when you pray, things change. And we can bring life and hope and love as we do that. So this morning, I'm going to look at a, a miracle from, from Jesus' life. It's in the book of Luke. So Luke 17, if you want to follow in your paper Bible, or if you want to quickly switch from the WhatsApp message you're sending and do it on your electronic device, and it's, yeah, Luke 17, starting at verse 11. Jesus travelled on towards Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful Master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? And when Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. So they set off and they were healed while walking along the way. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus. And he shouted out joyous praises and was glorifying God. And when he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. So Jesus asked, where are the other nine? Weren't there ten who were healed? Did they all refuse to return to give thanks and give glory to God? Except you, a foreigner from Samaria. And Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, Arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. And when we look at stories like this from the Bible, we try and think it's so important to look at it from the, all the perspectives of the people involved, the context that it's written in, that the story happens in as well. And Jesus and his disciples have been moving from town to village to town, with Jesus telling stories and parables at this point about who he is and what it looks like to be a follower of him, to be one of his disciples. In fact, he's just finished talking to the disciples and telling them about what faith looks like and the power of their faith. And he says to them, if you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, it would be powerful enough to say to this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw you into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. Wow. And then they go on and they see this miracle happen. So after hearing this, they're on their way. Or just they're getting to a new village that they haven't been to before. And just as they do this, and just as they're on their way, 
Jesus is interrupted as he's probably chatting with his disciples as they go. There's ten men yell in the distance. And they yell, Mighty Lord, Wonderful Master. They obviously know who Jesus is. They've heard he's coming. They're waiting for him. They've been expecting on him coming into their village. And they say, have mercy on us, heal us. They know who he is and what he can do. They have faith that they can be healed because of an encounter with him. Now they would have been a reasonable distance away shouting because they, they had leprosy. And it was against the law for them, these men to approach anyone to come any closer because it was thought that leprosy was contagious and people would catch it. In fact, people who had leprosy were, were sent away from their families and friends. And they were forced to live together. And this, which is probably why there were ten of them together at this point. But when you have leprosy, it's, you basically have boils, sores all over your body. Your skin loses all its integrity. It's full of infection. And on some people it gets so bad that your toes, fingers, etc. would fall off. I haven't got any pictures. I did Google it to try and see, but there weren't any particularly appropriate, I don't think. (laughs) But these guys are there together, hopeless, lost, without any kind of way forward, without any future. And there they are expecting Jesus to do something for them. As they're shouting, have mercy on us, heal us. Expectant, waiting. And Jesus stops. He notices them. And you can picture all of the disciples around thinking, what's going to happen next? And the lepers there as well, what's he going to do? This is our hope, this is our our life, our next step, this is our only hope. What's going to happen next? Waiting with bated breath. And Jesus opens his mouth and says, go and show your condition to the priest. Go and be examined. Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't lay any hands on them doesn't use any magic words, doesn't spread mud in anyone's eyes, doesn't try and get them to kneel before him and repent. He just gives them a simple command to go. I might have been a bit let down if that was me, to be honest. I was like waiting for the miracle to happen there and then. But Jesus knew. He knew the faith that those ten lepers had. And he knew the authority he had of his father that he could bring healing and those lepers would be healed. He knew who he was as a child of God. So I guess keen to do whatever Jesus told them to do, they, the, the lepers that were there that had come to him went on their way. I don't really know what they were expecting. But then the next line says, they were healed while they were walking along the way. Or another version of the the passage is they were healed as they went. So whilst they were walking down the road, their their boils would have started disappearing. Their skin regaining integrity, colour going into their, their flesh, their arms, their skin. The infection leaving them, they're feeling well, they're being able to hold their head up high as they're walking down the road. Jesus wouldn't have seen any of this happen immediately. He wouldn't have seen any immediate change in them. He just sent them on their way. And they were healed. Those lepers were healed as they walked, as they went. The fact the guy had to run back as far as he did to try and find Jesus, Jesus hadn't seen anything happen immediately there then. But he knew they would be healed. 
How often when we pray do we expect to see results there and then? When we pray for anything, healing or not, for situations to change, how often does it actually happen that something happens in that moment, right there in that way? I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for those things, but let's know that our prayers have authority. And even if we don't see anything happen immediately, things do change. Jesus knew in that moment that those ten men were going to be healed. He didn't need to see the results there and then. He just knew it because he carried the authority. He knew that those men would get to the priests, that they would be labelled as clean and able to return to their families as healed men, their hope restored. So as part of the Healing on the Streets team, a couple of weeks ago when we launched it, um, we were out in the town and I was by the bandstand in, in Ashford and I got chatting to someone outside B&M actually and after a bit of chat he explained to me how he was feeling unwell and well he was feeling achy and just uncomfortable and he came to sit in one of the, the, the wooden chairs that we had laid out there and I got Dave across and we took the opportunity to pray with him so there we were, this guy sat in the chair, me and Dave kneeling either side of him. And the training and guidance of Mark Marks, who'd come to train us in the healing on the streets model, kind of going through our head. What do I have to say? What do I have to do? And This guy sat there. It turned out he'd suffered a car accident when he was younger, which had caused him kind of permanent pain all over his body. But mainly that day, it was his upper body, his shoulders, his chest and the top of his back that was in pain. And we asked him, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad the pain was. And he said 5 or 6. It's funny how people never give a single-digit answer to that question, isn't it? It's always a round-ish, yeah. Can't pinpoint it exactly. I think I do the same. But Dave and I kneeled on the ground, we accepted that, and we prayed for him. We prayed our best prayer. We were looking, keeping our eyes open, seeing what was going on really see anything going on to be honest so I was just sitting there and we prayed for him for a few minutes commanded the, the pain in his shoulders to go, he had a hand on a shoulder each and it was about the length of time that it about took for my knees to start feeling the pressure of kneeling on the cobbles that we, was like, we asked him again because I'd given my kneeler to the ladies next to me trying to be manly and so I said I can kneel on the cobbles it's fine for a period of time let them have the kneelers, it was all good but anyway, we asked what had happened to him and he said nothing really had changed. Still felt the same. But Dave and I shared some thoughts that we felt God was saying to him, which he seemed to respond to. So we prayed again. And again, we were looking, watching him. Couldn't really see anything happening. But then we asked, How, how's it going? What's, what's happening? And he said, yeah, I think it's gone down to a two or three. But that was that. He was done. We shook his hands and he went on his way. Now I was reflecting on this with Nick Kimmons uh, the next day or a couple of days later. To be honest, I was a little disappointed about what that situation, because we'd heard these stories that I'm sure will come out over the next few weeks as well as we hear more and more, but about people's legs growing out, people saying their yes to Jesus on the, in Ashford High Street. And all I had done was pray for someone whose pain had reduced by two 
whatever two is. And as I considered this, I spent some time with God over it after chatting with Nick about it. In the moment of disappointment, I remembered a, a specific verse in the Bible and then something that Mark Marks had written in his book and taught at the training as well. So this is Mark Marks' book. It's called Stepping into the Impossible. Um, I would recommend you get a copy of it. Mark is such a good storyteller. He kind of shares the history of healing on the streets and there's loads of good stories in there and the kind of the, the practicals of what healing on the streets looks like as he set it up and developed it into a ministry around the world. I'm going to read to you what he writes because he puts it far better than I could ever. starts with a verse from the book of Matthew. I tell you the truth, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. When there's no instant perceptible change, this doesn't mean nothing is happening. Jesus doesn't say how long the mountain is going to take to move. It would be great if it could happen instantly and fly through the air so that everyone could see it. But Jesus said that it will truly happen if you put the faith that you have, all of it, no matter how small, into action. The mountain could be anything. It could be a situation, a physical condition, or literally a mountain. Let's say you spoke to Mount Everest and commanded that incredibly big mountain to move and you believe with all your heart that it's going to move, and then Everest moves by one millimetre. The fact is, the mountain has moved, even though you can't perceive it with any of your five senses. And there's no instrument that can measure such fine movement. Have you ever thought about what happens to a person's body at microscopic levels when God begins to heal them? If we could see at such microscopic levels we'd see that there's nothing holding us together except invisible space. All the matter in the universe, including our bodies, is held together by God's spoken word. But I believe the moment you open your mouth to exercise Christ's authority and command the body to be healed, or whatever it is that needs to be done, then those microscopic particles, atoms and molecules, accelerated by faith, excitedly begin to move in obedience to the word that's spoken, until health is formed. So when I speak to the mountain and command it to move, I believe that the mountain has moved, even though it's not perceptible to the naked eye. Now if that mountain only moves one millimetre a day, then the mountain is still in motion. It's moving from imperception to perception. How long it takes between the before... How long it takes before the movement of the mountain becomes perceptible will vary. But a time will come when it will be possible to look at the mountain and you'll see that it has moved. The space between imperception and perception is called faith. So how much faith do you hold that the things you pray for will become reality? If we've given our yes to Jesus, we have the authority to pray and see things change. It might not happen straight away, 
but they will change. Those ten lepers that were healed, as the, the account goes on, as the story goes on, only one came back. Jesus asks them the question, where are the other nine? Weren't, weren't there ten that were healed? Jesus knew they'd been healed. He didn't see it. He didn't see it happening, but he knew that as he'd commanded them to go, they would be healed and they were. I think if only one had come back, if I'd have prayed for ten people, I'd celebrate that one. Of course I would. But my initial reaction would be, were the other nine even healed at all? I haven't seen anything happen. We don't and we won't always see the results of the prayers that we pray. But we have to keep going in the knowledge that our prayers change things. Our prayers make things happen because we have the authority and it only takes the smallest minutiae of faith for that to work. There is another part of the story for that guy we prayed for on the street. Nick was out doing her weekly shop in Little and this was the Monday after we'd prayed on the Saturday. And she asked how his shoulders were. And he looked at her and said, the spiritual healing stuff works, doesn't it? The pain's completely gone. <laughs> now God is so gracious to me in that I was able to hear that that happened. And that's given me such confidence and faith and really built me up even if I hadn't heard that news, I would have had to trust completely that my prayers had made a difference. And you have to trust that the prayers you pray have an impact because of the authority that you carry. Even if we don't see the mountains move in a perceptible way, if they move one millimetre every day, they're in motion. And you must know that your prayers will move mountains because you are a child of God and that's the authority that you carry because of that. God's commanded us, to, told us to go out and heal the sick. He's told us to go out into Ashford to make a difference in people's lives, to make a difference to the people in our workplaces, to show them how loved they are. And this is one way we can do that, by showing them hope and life as we can offer to pray for them for situations that seem otherwise immovable and that can't be dealt with in a physical sense. Whether that's healing or whether that's life situations they find themselves in. I want to encourage you that you can join in with that. You can get involved with that. You get to play in that. That's what God's calling us to be out in this community, out in Ashford and bringing life as we go to make a difference to this town as we do that. If you'd like to stand, I'd like to pray for you. Tricia, who's our lady who's coordinating Hotspurs at the moment, shared a picture she had. Um, and it's basically of a, her seeing a wall of unbelief between us as a church at Ashford Vineyard and people who are broken, who are hurt, who are lost, who are, need healing. But then she pictured hammers lying on the floor, hammers of, with faith written on them. And Chris and Nick going around and handing everyone these hammers of faith to break down this wall so we could get 
to the lost, the broken, the hurting. There's a bit more than that, but that's the, the crux of it. <laughs> and so I just want to encourage you right now that God wants to give you a, a hammer of faith. That's what, he wants to increase your faith levels this morning. That you know that when you go into situations that are seemingly immovable or impossible, that you carry God with us, with you, because you have the authority. So I'm just going to pray for you. If you want to put your hands out just to receive that, if you want an increase of, of faith and knowledge of who God is in you to change these situations, then I encourage you to put your hands out. Because he's going to give each one of us a hammer to go and knock those walls down, to make a difference. Father, I thank you who you call us to be. I thank you that we are your ambassadors here on work. On earth, in Ashford, that we carry your authority. We can make a difference when we go into situations because you're there with us. So increase the measure of faith that we have, increase the authority that we have, and increase the knowledge we have in who we are. That when we pray, things change, stuff happens because we've prayed. So I pray for everyone in this room now for an increase in confidence in who they are, for an increase in seeing opportunities to share who you are to people, to make a difference in people's lives. That they would know that they, they carry that hammer of faith and that authority that comes with that because they're your children. Use us to make a difference to this town. Use us to make a difference to our workplaces, to to the school gates where we go and drop the kids off, to, to the supermarkets we visit. Give us encounter after encounter, a person we can love and bless and bring hope to. We have a group of, uh, a group of men we get together um, a couple of times a month, um, call it the Invest Group, and uh, on Tuesday when we, what might go, where we got together um, we were challenged to pray and ask God for people in our lives that we felt that were there and were ready for, for us to maybe offer to, to pray for or to actually just to start praying for them to come to know Jesus will be healed or anything like that. So I want to encourage you as, you as you go, ask God to show you those people in your life that are there, that are ready. He's, he lays in front of us encounters for us to meet people, for there are people in our lives that we can share the hope that we have, the, that we can share the love that God has for people. And that looks completely different for different people. I just want to encourage you, ask God this week who those people are for you. You can start praying for them. You don't need to be there with them. You can start praying for them. And God will show you who they are. And God will break down any, anything and give you opportunities life and love and the love that he has for them as a father thanks for listening to our podcast today and we hope you enjoyed it for more information visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby in the meantime have a great week and know just how loved you are